And the new Chinese foreign minister did something unexpected in his first news conference on the job. He called out the United States and threatened a conflict, saying, quote, if the U.S. does not hit the brakes but continues to speed down the wrong path, no amount of guardrails can prevent derailing and there will surely be conflict and confrontation. Here's NBC News correspondent Josh Letterman in Hong Kong. Katie, those fiery comments from China's foreign minister, Chin Gong, coming just a day after similarly strong comments from Chinese President Xi Jinping, who accused the U.S. of trying to suppress China, to contain China. Uh, words that obviously have strong Cold War connotations. And it really comes as President Xi is at the pinnacle of his power as China's legislature is set this week to approve a historic third term for the Chinese leader. And in a way, it was not unexpected that China would feel the need to start to push back on the United States more strongly because over the last several months, the Biden administration has also really ramped up pressure on China uh, over a host of issues from that Chinese spy balloon to the intelligence about the origins of COVID to, of course, trade relationships, as well as that allegation from the U.S. that China is considering providing weapons to Russia to use in a claim that China's government today firmly disputed. Uh, but nonetheless, the foreign minister likening the U.S. approach to putting the first button of a shirt on wrong, and then everything doesn't really work from there. But today, the White House responding to those comments from China, disputing the idea that the U.S. is seeking conflict with China. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby saying the U.S. merely seeks a strategic competition. Although inflation has been moderating in recent months, the process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy. As I mentioned, the latest economic data have come in stronger than expected, which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to to be higher than previously anticipated. If the totality of the data were to indicate that faster tightening is warranted, we'd be prepared to increase the pace of rate hikes. Restoring price stability will likely require that we maintain a restrictive stance of monetary policy for some time. Our overarching focus is using our tools to bring inflation back down to our 2% goal and to keep longer-term inflation expectations well anchored. Restoring price stability is essential to set the stage for achieving maximum employment and stable prices over the longer run. The historical record cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy. We will stay the course until the job is done. We are taking the the only measures we have to bring inflation down. And putting 2 million people out of work is just part of the cost, and they just have to bear it? Well, will will working people be better off if if we just walk away from our jobs and and inflation remains 5 6%? Let me ask you about what happens if you do this. Since the end of World War II, there have been 12 times in which the unemployment rate has increased by one percentage point within one year, exactly what you're aiming to do right now. How many of those times did the U.S. economy avoid falling into a recession? 
you know, it's it's not as black and white as it, it very just very looking at the numbers. It actually yeah, no, is no. pretty black. Alan Blinder's written a book on this. And, there have and, been twelve times that we've seen a one point increase in the unemployment in the unemployment rate in a year. That's exactly what your Fed report has put out as the projection and the plan based on how you're going to keep raising these interest rates. How many times did the economy fail? to fall into a recession after doing that, out of 12 times. I think the number is zero. I think the number is zero. That's exactly right. The number is zero. Uh, Dr. Peter Navarro, I talked about in my talk at CPAC the other day, these two converging, you know, the collapse of the neoliberal, neocon order, right? The system. There's not about personalities, it's about systems. So you got the collapse of the system, and you have two things. You have this geopolitical kind of crisis on the Eurasian landmass, and you have a, a, a this crisis of global capital markets of $300 trillion borrowed, most of it borrowed when the structure of the system had zero negative interest rates, and now interest rates are jacked up and only get more jacked up. So you have the convergence of these two forces. You saw there one part of that is a testimony today before the Senate by the chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, Mr. Powell. And the other is in the last 48 hours from President Xi all the way down to his foreign minister, literally saying the strategy that Donald Trump had that Stephen K. Bannon and Dr. Peter Navarro and Mike Pompeo and Pottinger and others worked on, this kind of constant, uh, confrontation and containment strategy of the Chinese Communist Party on the Eurasian landmass. They've now thrown down the last 42 or 78 hours and said, uh, or 48 to 72 hours and said, hey, if this continues, uh, we're on the path to war here. So, Dr. Navarre, I want to start with the Chinese piece first. Then I want to go to the capital markets piece. You wrote, you've wrote written yeah. two books about uh, kinetic war with China. Tell us about where we are in this, sir. Yeah. Um, and, and let me just, just say, going into this, that Elizabeth Warren voted for every single one of those Democrat bills that is causing Jerome Powell's problem. Okay, let's start there. Now, with respect to the China thing, there's a couple of things going on, Steve. They've um, Xi Jinping has replaced much of the top level officials with hardliners, um, including Leo Ha, who was the lead trade negotiator when I was in the White House, and Lighthizer was kind of going mano a mano with him. What this looks to me like is is one of two things and possibly both. Um, one is that Xi Jinping uh, and that other guy would not be mouthing off like this if Donald Trump were president. They wouldn't dare. Um, I think what this signals is that the Chinese are trying to bend the knees of Joe Biden because they think they can. They wouldn't do that with Donald Trump. So what what the Chinese communists are doing is is, is signaling uh, that that Biden is weak, and and that should that should scare us. Um, so that, that that's kind of kind of one possibility. The second possibility is kind of a wag the dog concern here. I mean, the Chinese economy, and I talked about this on the war room yesterday, Steve. Um, it's cut in half the growth projection that it had previously maintained for thirty years, down to five percent. Um, there is that phrase, Steve, that China is growing older faster than it's getting richer, which basically describes a problem where um, as much as China has taken advantage of the West with its mercantilist tactics, it still hasn't brought 
hundreds of millions of people out of poverty and off the farms. And that inevitably is going to lead to discontent. So what we have here uh, clearly is uh, Xi Jinping and a communist China and a Politburo, uh, which is clearly being more emboldened. Um, they clearly have no respect for, for the Biden illegitimate regime. And of course, you and I both know that we, we never get um, uh, peace through weakness. So that, that troubles me greatly. Of course, the only thing that the um, Uniparty is talking about on all the shows this afternoon is that, oh, um, uh, you know, they're being confronted because they're arming uh, Russia to, to, to mess with Ukraine. Uh, you know, th they have been in this no limits partnership, the new Molotov Ribbentrop Pact of 1939. They've had yeah. that since the Winter Olympics of last year, the no limits, the she the merger of the KGB and the CCP. Uh, of which they're trying to control the entire Eurasian landmass. Tie that now to Powell's testimony. Powell gave, yeah. Powell did today, Navarro, what you, Cortez, yeah. Brat, and myself are saying he should have done six months ago, even before the midterms, which politically, that's why he didn't do it. He gave it to him right between the eyes, sir. Yeah, and, and leading into that, let, let's be clear. Um, the corporate media right now, implicitly and explicitly in that clip is saying somehow that Biden has become tough on China. I mean, if you strip away the rhetoric, all Joe Biden did was shoot down a balloon in the Atlantic Ocean that should have been shot down in the Pacific Ocean. So that was hardly a demonstration of strength. In respect to, to all the trade talk, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of talk. But at the end of the day, again, as you and I discussed yesterday, the trade deficit with China is the largest it's ever been and continues to steal American factories um, and jobs. Now, we are in a situation where uh, inflation is out of control in a way which is going to trigger a recession. So we are clearly in the 70s scenario, which you, me, and Cortez warned about about a year ago. And I actually um, have told you this before, Steve, but I wrote a memo to Mark Meadows in the White House a few months before Election Day in 2020 that warned precisely of possible stagflation if we didn't tend to our supply chains and bring our manufacturing home. So what we have is a situation where Biden has created inflation with Pete Buttigieg mismanaging our supply chains with a labor force which has been perverted by the mismanagement by Biden of the COVID pandemic, where we've had just so many retirees at, at productive age leaving the workforce that we now have a, a tremendous amount of uh, wage pressures. And on top of that, you got Liz Warren, the hypocrite, getting up there and berating Jay Powell uh, for inflation that she created by passing all those giveaway bills that the Democrats have done, which I hope Kevin McCarthy is going to undo. The most important thing I can tell you, Steve, and I'll say this over and over again on The War Room, uh, the Fed is a one-trick pony, right? It, it can control inflation by raising interest rates. It, control, can, it, it, can, it can fix a recession by lowering interest rates. But when you have recession and inflation at the same time, the Fed can't do anything. It, it, it's, it's, it's not the solution. 
And uh, Washington has made this, they made that mistake in the 70s. They made that mistake during Biden-Obama when we were in that new normal stagflation scenario. Much of the problems we have now, Steve, are structural in nature. And it has to do with our tax structure, our regulatory structure. And most of all, for me, is our structure of global trade, where we get screwed not just by the communist Chinese, who are the biggest screwers, but also by the Japanese, by the Germans, by all of Europe, by India. And until we address that situation and bring our supply chains and our factories home, everybody, we have the structural trade, we have the tr- structural trade problem where we're upside down. These tra- every trade relationship everywhere in the world, and we also provide a security guarantee. That's the one trillion dollar. Uh, budget. Talk see, to me see, about the child know, labor because she's getting to the four percent yeah. growth GDP every year through our trade deficit. It, it's huge. And so, okay, let's let's quickly segue to this forced immigrant, illegal immigrant child labor crisis that we have now in America. New York Times, you know, the the woke left did this big expose on all of these kids working at Ford and GM and General Mills and J. Crew and Ben and Jerry's, right, who came over. There's 130,000 unaccompanied minors just last year, Steve. My parse that. 130,000. They're going right into the factories of, of America and basically working as essentially indentured servants, okay? But, but here's the thing. It's like that problem goes right back, not just to Biden, but Biden is vice president with Obama. It starts with Obama appointing liberal judges to establish catch and release policies, which basically encourage the use of children to get across the border. That's where it all started. Trump shut it down. Peter, hang on for, hang yeah. on for one second. He did shut it down. But it also speaks to the insidious nature of how they're trying to cure inflation. They're talking about unemployment. Two million people may be laid off, mass layoffs coming. You're employing child labor, indentured servants, child labor, and they're also driving down wages. It's sick. Short commercial break. Mike Howe's going to join us in a minute. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. Buy one, get one free in the MyPillow 2.0. you got to sleep the sleep of the just. You know why? You're not going to get a lot of time to sleep, so you got to get quality sleep. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. You go on the square, you've got all the sales, all the buy one, get one's frees, all the discounts, but particularly on the new MyPillow 2.0 with the new technology. It's on fire, although it's the coolest pillow in the world. So make sure you go. You buy one, get one free. Mike Lindell, the new technology. MyPillow 2.0 at MyPillow.com, promo code War Room. Uh, Peter Navarro, uh, the, you got the, the Fed jacking rates. Everybody out there with adjustable rate mortgage, with credit cards, millennials, you're all going about to get crushed. We've been telling you this. So it's coming, baby. Today... Uh, 570 point drop on the Dow, but that's just the stock market. With the bond market, first time and since living memory, from from 30 day from one month Treasuries all the way to 30 years, everything over four percent. I think the two year Treasuries at five. Stand by for heavy rolls, yeah. baby. Um, so, so a little they're increasing. Point Elizabeth Warren's talking about really Elizabeth, 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 Elizabeth. Hang on, Elizabeth Warren's talking about two yeah. million new unemployment. 
you've got these kids coming across the 130,000 and you're the one that dug yep. up, you got a million illegal aliens already in the workforce to drive down wages. Yep. I tell you, Navarre, are they trying to screw the American worker? Is that the, is that the program of Joe from Scranton? Uh, of course. And Jay Powell in one of his speeches said, hey, uh, <laughs> it's going to help to solve the wage inflation by having all these immigrants come over. He didn't mention he didn't put the word illegal in front of it. But one thing I want to say about this crisis, this forced child labor, illegal immigrant crisis, Steve, is you break news on this show. I, I want to break some news here. The stuff that The New York Times did not cover. Um, this is a catastrophe on both sides of the border. The intel I'm getting is that there's towns and villages throughout both Mexico and the Northern Triangle, countries of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, that essentially are becoming ghost towns. They're losing their economic engines as the able-bodied men, mostly, head up with the teenage children that they can use as their shields to get across the border. And left behind are the old folks and, and the, the young, young, young folks who are going to grow up without mothers and fathers and, and who knows how they're going to be taken care of. So what you're going to see from this, this 2 million people coming in every, every year into America is you're going to see a collapse of the Latin American economies because they're losing their best and brightest and strongest and most adventurous. So I hope that, that the mainstream media will figure that one out uh, because this is a yeah. catastrophe. And again, you know, the Liz Warren thing, it's like, what a hypocrite. I mean, she's so self-righteous about this, yet she supports the open borders that, that are going to drive down wages and take away black, brown, and blue-collar American jobs. She supports... Are the the serial uh, spending bills that Joe Biden put out, um, and and then she goes to Jay Powell and look the markets. He here's the thing. It's like what happened today in the markets, and we talked about this a year ago. You usually the stock and bond markets move inversely, right? I mean, one, but when you have both of them dropping down, that's stagflation. The bond market's worried about inflation and the stock market is worried about recession. And so this um, this is a this is a politician made crisis yep. by the Biden no, it's created regime. crisis. Yes. It's created created crisis. How do people get to your Substack and to your new podcast? Yes, yes sir. Uh, PeterNavarro.substack.com, PeterNavarro.substack.com. That will take you to the podcast as well. And please go and look at the article on this forced illegal alien child crisis on the Substack and hear it on the podcast no, because it's, 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 it sick. just turned my, it turned my stomach when I was writing this thing. It's, it's like, sick. are you kidding me? 130,000 unaccompanied my i mean you didn't have 130,000 illegal immigrants coming in during the trump administration and it's just that's that's the kids and they're indentured servants indentured servants and they're taking jobs away from people and this is why and you're they have to have medicaid they destroy the education system the the the, hey hey morning joe stick that where the sun don't shine okay morning joe (laughs) stick that where the sun don't shine you pompous idiot thank you that's more just getting that off my chest. Peter Navarro. Okay. Substack.com. 
God, you, you're misogynist. You went after, you went after brother, Elizabeth baby. Warren and Mika. Hey, you hey. went after Mika hey, and look, These people deserve every opprobrium they get, my brother. These people disgust me. Okay. Every day they disgust me. Thank MAGA, you, that's where we're at, Steve. We care about the working class Save people it. of America. Somebody's got to because nobody in Washington does. Amen. Thank you, brother. All I've right, got uh, Mike, Mike Council for the FBI, but Mike, you do, Mike, you, you're the oversight. Before I do the cold open and get into your FBI, I want to ask you, because you guys did such an amazing job of tracking these NGOs that are exacerbating the invasion of our country. You did the cell phone and show where they're going throughout the country. That is a, a big part of that, or some part of that is this forced child labor, 130,000. How sick does your stomach does this make it that that you get now have this forced child labor and at a time when you know men and women work, working class men and women need every good job they can get sir it's disgusting it's it's outrageous i mean as the father of two really young daughters it makes me absolutely sick to my stomach, especially when you know what goes into this human trafficking on the journey to the U.S. and when they're still here. It is replete with sexual abuse, horrific conditions. Then on the receiving end of the U.S., it's uh, indentured servitude. Navarro put it absolutely right. And all the way, it's the U.S. government and NGOs and charities such as Catholic Charities that are basically financing and facilitating this. We exposed it. We're calling on Congress to defund it, to make this activity illegal for NGOs to participate in it, and we're sitting back and we're waiting for it to actually happen. But uh, we're we're pushing hard. See, when 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 Russ vote, and this is how one hand washes the other. You got all these different attacks. In fact, we're going to have Richard Stern from Heritage is going to join us on um, I think on Saturday. We're going to do a complete breakdown of the budget. They're putting the budget out Thursday. He's got a he's got a balanced budget program. So we're going to spend a lot of time with vote with Stern with other of these really smart guys on the budget starting Thursday in the next couple of days. But what how what you guys did when when vote talks about taking out the woke and weaponized part of the administrative state, the budget, that's what he's talking about. What you expose with these NGOs, which is all paid for by tax dollars, by your tax dollars, sir. You're absolutely right. I think a lot of people were asleep at the wheel during the latter stages of the Obama administration where Obama basically publicly admitted the Constitution was in his way. He's not going to work with Congress. He's going to govern without government. Uh, what began then was the absolute uh, explosion of NGO activity and government offloading activities uh, to basically the nonprofit and private sectors. We see it with the woke ESGs. We see it with the government funding NGOs to take uh, care and custody and facilitation of illegal aliens. It's happening in every facet of life. Our policymaking has been removed from accountability to the people and basically shipped away to people who wish to do this country a lot of harm. Okay, CPAC was about action, action, action. There was, one of the controversies was DOJ and the FBI. Let's play Mark Levin, the short clip of Mark Levin, and I'll bring in Mike Cow. You're having people, to some extent, I heard yesterday, come up and say, I'm going to defund the FBI and the Interior Department. No, they're not. They're not going to defund it. I promise you they're not going to defund any of it. Okay, so that's the great one. Um, and you, you had Gates, you had, uh, I think Vivek was there, two or three others were talking about defunding DOJ, FBI. Mike Cow, if you can't defund it, you're going to take it to court. I take it now as the Oversight Committee, you're all in the FBI's face. You're going you're gonna to go to court. Is this what I understand? You're going to go sue them? Yeah, we're in court on seven different lawsuits versus the FBI. 
Uh, the Oversight Project has essentially peppered the Biden administration with strategic FOIA requests across the board. We know what we're looking for, and now we're suing to get it out. Let me just make one uh, really clear point here. The FBI and all federal agencies have a legal obligation to comply with uh, FOIA requests. I know this is an atrophied law. I know a lot of people roll their eyes when they hear FOIA, but it can't be the case. This is a law on the books that they have to comply with. So it is a scandal in it of itself that U.S. citizens have to sue their own government to get basic information that the FBI doesn't own, that we own. It's ours. It's yours. It's mine. And so that's what we're doing. We're not going to wait for subpoenas to start flying uh, around D.C. We're already in court. We know what we're looking for. And it ranges from uh, showing the complete weaponization by diverting resources away from violent crime prosecutions and investigations while we're in the middle of a massive crime wave, I might add, and towards nonviolent uh, investigations like you see with simple trespassing charges on January 6th. Or, heaven forbid, what happened to Navarro and, and yourself. You know the weaponization firsthand. We're also looking at uh, things such as during the Black Lives Matter riots uh, that tore this country apart, there's photographic evidence of FBI agents kneeling in solidarity with the rioters. That is a complete betrayal of their duties uh, to this country to show that kind of partisan affiliation that openly. And you know what? I got a hunch that they weren't disciplined for that. And so we're going for the documents. Uh, there's seven lawsuits. I won't go through them all. But the last one I'd like to touch on is the disparate treatment and the gross weaponization of the FBI in the raid on Mar-a-Lago. People have forgotten about that. You don't hear that a lot on Capitol Hill. You aren't seeing investigations into it. Well, we're doing it. Uh, the way they treated President Donald Trump and broke hundreds of years of American precedent where you do not use uh, law enforcement to go out to your chief political opponent was broken. Contrast that to how they handled Biden with kid gloves. And we're talking about a scandal that actually has teeth to it with Biden because he's basically running a massive pay-to-play operation out of his think tank where his son is implicated in compromise beyond all measure, and everybody knows it. And so they're handling Biden with kid gloves, yet they're raiding everyone they can find a pretense for. It can't stand. And while I respect the great one and Mark Levin very much, we aren't going to reform the FBI with that attitude, okay? Because we're not going to have free and fair elections unless we reform the FBI. We're not going to have equal application of law unless we reform the FBI. It's just not going to happen, so we've got to do it. Mike. I'm going to ask you just to hang for a, a second word. Go to a short commercial break. Mike Howe from the Oversight Project at Heritage is going to join us on the other side. These guys are bringing the hammer. Kerry Lake's going to join us. We're going to have Boris later with some new polling from Politico about President Trump. Short commercial break. Be back in a second. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. So... Uh, the reason I think that Kevin Roberts doing such a great job over Heritage has guys like Mike Cow, they have an action agenda, action oriented. Mike, I want to bring two things. You know, people have tremendous respect for for uh, Mark Levin, the great one, but I, I do think that um, we've gone along to get along long enough and talked about the rate of growth of the budget. It's not working on any level. We got more capital markets in the second arm. We'll break this down in more detail. But you got to use every piece of leverage you've got. I just want to ask you, I don't want to name names because it's not really about individuals, but you're very aggressive, right? Just if right now the House investigations are just not organized enough and not aggressive enough, and we've got to use every piece of leverage about potential defunding. Walk me through, if Mike Howe was running things, what will we be seeing? Well, as it relates to the FBI, the first thing I would do is undo the disastrous mistake 
of the omnibus. In December of last year, I think 18 Republican senators voted to uh, you know, extend the Biden administration's funding through September and included in that a brand spanking new major FBI headquarters, either in Virginia or Maryland. This is gonna be bigger than the Pentagon. There is no way the FBI, which is essentially CNN with handcuffs, should be rewarded with the new headquarters. So I would say whatever kind of budget gimmick you can, whether it's the debt ceiling, whether it's an appropriations cut, whether it's fencing funding, that you will not get one square foot of new headquarters until every document request is met, not only from Congress, but the document you, you owe to the American people that have been requested and sued upon via the Freedom of Information Act request. They don't need a new headquarters, Steve. They should just move into CNN and Atlanta if they want new digs, because that's pretty much what the FBI is right now. Mike, how can people get to you and follow more of you? You've done this great work on the border, uh, you know, with the NGOs. You've gone through the budget. You're doing the FBI. You're suing them in court everywhere. Where do people find out more about what you're doing at Heritage at the Oversight Project? Absolutely. So follow us at Heritage. That's on Getter and Twitter. On Twitter, I'm at mhaltweets. Uh, we got a website where we're uploading all of these lawsuits. You can find the press release follow along. Once we get these documents, we're not playing hide the ball. We're shipping them out to everyone, the war room posse, to dig through for themselves. This is a crowdsourced group effort to take down the deep state. Perfect. We did this on uh, Big Farmer with Naomi Wolf. So we can we can get thousands of people on this. Just let us know when you, you got it. We're ready to go. Thanks, Mike Howe. Thank you. You see these guys, action, action, action. That's what people are looking for. I want to get Carrie Lake in here. Carrie, uh, and, and, and people who didn't follow the campaign, th- and they understand election crimes and election fraud is one of your top priorities, but you separated yourself out by saying, I'm going to, as a governor, I'm going to go to war against the cartels. And the reason I'm going to go to war against the cartels is that Biden administration's rules and regulations are opening the border to allow an invasion. But the instrumentality that's that's making this horrific is the cartels trafficking of fentanyl, trafficking of children, trafficking of women, trafficking of illegal aliens. Talk to me about this situation that's happening in Texas. A couple of American citizens down there for, some, I guess, some cosmetic surgery have been gunned down. How deadly are the cartels and what was in back of Kerry Lake's war against the cartels? Oh, they'll they'll raise money and make money any way they can. And if kidnapping is going to make them money, and mark my words, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. It, it's going to be a, a concern for tourists. And I know uh, as people like to go you know, south of the border and visit some you know, of the great fun towns down there, life is not safe down there. These cartels are firmly in control, not just in Mexico, but they're firmly in control of Arizona as well. And that is why my top issue is to make sure that we secure our border. And I believe that's one of the main reasons that they stole this election from us, because they knew that I meant what I said, which is day one, I take my hand off the Bible after giving the oath of office, and we begin to secure that border, call it what it is, an invasion. We get boots on the ground. We get money down there. We stop the cartels from moving their product, and their product is fentanyl and people across our border. And they want this to be open. Joe Biden is is a part of the problem. And you know how to tell that? Because he came in on day one within hours of taking office 
And he turned back and rolled back all of President Trump's incredible policies, which had our southern border more secure than we'd ever seen it. And so he wants it wide open. In my opinion, he's partnering with the cartels. He's got blood on his hands for the hundreds of thousands of young people who've been killed by fentanyl poisoning. And now if we think that they're emboldened here, look what's happening in Mexico. They're taking it a step further. You know, Colombia used to be the kidnapping capital of the world. And now we're going to see that in Mexico. And nothing will be done. Joe Biden won't do a damn thing about it. And so every American wandering around the globe traveling is going to have a big dollar sign on their back, and it's going to uh, free these criminals up around the globe to kidnap Americans. Carrie, the fentanyl in the, in the women and children generate tremendous amounts of cash. We're talking, these are not tens of billions. These are hundreds of billions of dollar businesses, massive businesses. That, that cash also has to be laundered back. This is one of the reasons we got the pressure on law enforcement, not just the violent threats against them, but also the bribery cash coming in. But they are in, they're inextricably linked into the banking, financing, and real estate industries also because these, these, these people are sitting on tons of cash. Can you walk us through that? Well, and the question is, how do you work that cash back in so you can use it, right? And, you know, I know that there has been some reporting on this, at least some information that has come out in the past couple of weeks. And I have intentionally not commented on it because I really think that we need to start looking into it with a serious investigation to see if there's something there. And so I don't want my words on that to uh, impact anyway, any potential investigations that could be going on. I know some of this was brought up in a a Senate committee hearing that took place a couple of weeks ago. The allegations are incredibly serious that uh, would implicate uh, possibly some elected officials, and I think it needs to be looked into. The question is, are we too far gone as a state? We have uh, seen how our elections are completely run fraudulently, how they will steal elections, how they will not allow people that the citizens want elected into office, such as myself and Abe Hamaday and others. They want to continue to run a racket. I mean, case in point, our secretary of state right now is a cartel lawyer by the name of Adrian Fontes. He is a cartel lawyer during Fast and Furious. He represented the Mexican drug cartels. Let that sink in. This is what's happening in Arizona where we're living in a lawless state right now. We have a fraud named Katie Hobbs squatting in the governor's office and not a damn thing is being done. I don't see a single sheriff standing up doing the right thing. The Maricopa County Sheriff right now, Paul Penzone, was funded largely in part by uh, George Soros. We got a real problem on our hands in Arizona and in other places. And we need to get back to law and order. And that's why I'm a supporting president President Trump, and we got to get that man back in office and get law and order restored in this great nation. What, what shocked me is that you were so hardcore about taking on the cartels, right? You were going to, from the moment your hand came off the Bible, you were going to say, this is an invasion of the state of Arizona. You're going to get your sovereignty back by going after the Biden regime, but also taking on the cartels with law enforcement and other measures. As bad as Ducey was, Katie Hobbs has actually been worse. Walk me through I mean, Katie Hobbs is, is, I think, actually worse than Biden is on opening the border up to be even a worse invasion of the southern border, ma'am. Well, she's just a partner in crime with him, in my opinion. I mean, Ducey didn't do much at all. 
wrote a lot of nasty letters, not even nasty letters. He wrote a lot of letters, uh, kind of a pen pal association with, with Biden, but never did anything until the very end when folks like Wendy Rogers in the legislature in the Senate down here in Arizona helped appropriate money to build the wall. And he took some of that money, a big, big part of it, and put those shipping containers up to build a barrier, which, you know, is better than nothing. But just as quick as you put that up, you can take it down. And that's exactly what Katie Hobbs did when she fraudulently took office. She spent a whole bunch of money taking that barrier down. And now we're left with a wide open border and a governor giving the nod to people to come here illegally. Not only that, in her budget plan, she wanted to pull $40 million away from what we call the border strike force, which is one element of law enforcement that is helping to keep us safer. She wanted to pull that money and put millions into uh, perks for illegals, like free or reduced uh, tuition at our universities here. She wants illegal alien students to get a lower tuition going to Arizona schools than American students. This is outrageous. And this is the kind of stuff that Arizonans didn't want when they showed up in droves and voted on election day for me to be their governor. And the only way to stop me was to cheat. And that's exactly what they did. And the people in Arizona are furious. If people think that, that the people are getting over this, they're not. They're not getting over it. They're angry that nothing's been done about our fraudulent election. And every single day she sits in office and assists that cartel, the cartels in Mexico, in their crimes is another day that the people of Arizona are more and more livid. Now, we know that Supreme Court has it. They haven't ruled yet of what, how they're going to take this or not take it. But you were back at CPAC. And quite frankly, the energy around you of all your speeches and, and uh, events was incredible. Give us give us your take on uh, on CPAC and particularly MAGA and uh, President Trump. I thought it was a great CPAC. I've been to so many. I, I can't even keep account of how many CPAC events I've gone to. And contrary to fake news reporting, the energy was fantastic. The crowds were great. You know, not every single speaker has a full audience because of timing and other events that are going on. But the, the place was packed. I think they had a huge attendance. And the energy was fantastic. People are fired up. They're really fired up about 24 and about President Trump running again. Because every day we see this world uh, falling to pieces and falling apart with Joe Biden at the helm. Obviously, Joe Biden mentally is not all there right now. And even if he was all there, he was installed in the White House. And we're seeing what's happening here with January 6th with these tapes coming out, Tucker Carlson putting out some of the uh, footage from their so-called insurrection. And I, I, I am astounded by what I'm seeing. This was a, a, some of these people were walking in. They were being flanked by Capitol Police, assisted by Capitol Police. This was not an insurrection. This was uh, meant, I believe, to stop what was happening in, in Congress, which was uh, there was going to be a, some balking at the 2020 election and how that was handled. And they didn't want that to go down. So this all went in and they tried to stage it as a insurrection. It's outrageous. And the people of this country are furious. That's what you're seeing at CPAC, people ready to step forward and continue fighting and get President Trump in office where he should be, frankly, right now. 
I don't know how much we can, uh, how much more we can, a uh, time we can afford with Joe Biden in office. They are rushing us toward World War III. Economically, we're watching the economy uh, tank, and I fear it has a long way to fall, and it could go into levels that we haven't seen possibly uh, since the 1920s, which would be absolutely horrifying to see that kind of, of a collapse of our economy. But if Joe Biden's in office much longer, uh, I think that's a reality that we could see. Uh, Carrie, uh, Mike Allen reports that uh, Christy Nome, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, Sarah Huckabee, and Carrie Laker on the short list for uh, President Trump's <laughs> a, a VP. I, I know, I know you you don't you don't want to comment on fake news, but we'll leave it with how do how do people get to your website? How do they find out about the court case? About you're at the Supreme Court now. How do they find out about all your pack and everything you're doing throughout the country? I do want to comment on that because I think it's called distraction news. They. You know what they should be talking about today? They should be talking about the January 6th footage that's coming out, which is basically turning their story that they've been pushing for over a year up on its head. They should be talking about a lot of other stories. I am dead set on becoming governor of Arizona. We won. They can find me at Carrie Lake on Twitter and Getter. Carrie Lake, the legitimate governor of Arizona, not the fraud that's in there, Katie Hobbs. That's... uh looking the other way with the cartels. Carrie Lake, thank you. Honored to have you on here in the war room. Thank you, Steve. There has arrived the new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Okay, welcome back. There is uh, some incredible polling that's up. I want Boris Epstein to join us. Boris, as you know, in polling, when we look at it, it's not just the absolute numbers in the polls, but it's the rate of change in these polls Something's happened in this race, in this primary race. Do you agree, sir? Steve, no doubt about it. It's an honor to be with you, an honor to be with the posse. And if you look at the political morning consult poll, this is political morning consult. This is not, you know, uh, Trafalgar. This is not Rasmussen. This is political morning consult. Today, the poll out today, President Trump at 53, and then the Florida governor is at, as, at 28. It is absolute, Steve, and total dominance absolute and total dominance in that poll 53 28 and then you've got pence at seven nikki haley who hasn't really gotten off the ground is at four and then down 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 vivek ramaswamy at zero that is what we have going on in this race president trump absolutely dominating dominating this race it is not close it is over it's not even fair to call it a race president trump is the nominee for president from the republican party in 2024 and he's going to walk back into the oval office the latest jan 20 2025. That is what is going on. And if you look at the trajectory, if you look at the on Feb 25, same poll, President Trump was up by 18. On Gen 2, he was up by 11. Today, he's up by 25 points, Steve. He is winning. But I also, but I, but I also think that you, you also broke, it's, it's Trump at 53, uh, all others, Keebler elves, all the Keebler elves plus DeSantis at 47. I mean, you've now... You, you, you've got you've got a, a landslide win in modern politics, fifty three forty seven, against the entire field, sir. 
Absolutely. And if you look at other polling, you've got, when they say President Trump or someone else, he's touching 70. The Republican Party, the MAGA movement, which has taken over the Republican Party, is with President Trump. There's no question about it. And anybody else who pretends otherwise are kidding themselves. So the rest of the Keebler elves, as you call them, need to come together. The pretenders need to come together and do the right thing. Let's back President Trump and go in and crush Joe Biden or whatever other hopeless loser the Democrats put up there. You know, uh, one thing I want to make an observation, I did an hour showing it yesterday, but such good feedback. What I'd like to do is have you and maybe a couple other guys search for the campaign. I want to break down. President Trump gave us four years of peace and prosperity in a troubled time. But the speech at CPAC the other day, and in fact, I did cut the thing from Fox where they kind of dismissed it afterwards. No, there was probably a dozen major policy announcements that I mean are big league, not marginal. I mean, big league. And I would love to get you on and maybe Jason and some others and break it down, because I think the policy direction of President Trump, what he's laying out, is beyond invigorating. Exactly what the country needs to return it to peace and prosperity today. So I think I think these numbers just reflect the momentum of President Trump going a little more offense. I think when it starts to sink in about the policy proposals, you're going to be at 60, 40 uh, pretty quickly, 60 for Trump, 40 for the rest of the field. Boris Epstein. No doubt about it. And you know what, Steve, in reality, it's 100 to zero because it's zero sum game. And everyone knows that because of the strength of policy on the border, on energy, on resolving that terrible, terrible issue in, in Russia and Ukraine, President Trump has won this race. He's dominating this race. And he's going to be back in the Oval Office with, on latest, January 20, 2025. That's what we need to happen. We need to happen. And, and we need to come together as a movement and do everything we can. And anybody who's working against that is hurting not just yeah. the American movement, not just the Republican Party, but the United States of America. President Trump and his broad shoulders are what our country needs back in the Oval Office. Trump, peace and prosperity. This we talk about. In, the, in the next hour, we're going to talk about the, con- the convergence of the uh, geopolitical war and also the problems with the debt and the budget with Powell and she and all. We're going to get to that the second hour. We're going to break it all down. Um, Boris, peace and prosperity. How do people get to you, uh, Boris? How do they get to the newsletter and all of it? Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be with you and, and with the War Room Posse. My info, the website is hotboriscp.com. Sign up right now on boriscp.com. Hot on Getter at BorisCP. Twitter at BorisCP. Hot on Twitter social at Boris. My hottest on the gram. Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless. All offense. President Trump dominating. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. If Captain uh, Bannon and Grace and Jane can get, I want the, this morning consult to see the uh, Politico poll. Like I said, it's not Rasmussen, Trafalgar, Gateway. This is Politico. 53-47 uh, for the field. 53-28, President Trump versus Governor DeSantis. Okay, we need uh, MyPillow, uh, MyPillow.com, promo code WARROOM. MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free. You need a great night's sleep, and you need the heart of a lion. Crom Carmichael we got a couple of minutes. Tell people how are they going to get a heart of a lion with Salty. Steve, thanks for having me. Uh, and uh, the way you get Salty is you go to warroomhealth.com. That's how you do it. But the reason you should go is that heart disease is the number one killer in the country. And heart disease is called the silent killer. It's called the silent killer for a reason. And that is that heart disease generally builds over 10, 15, 20 years. And the first time you know that you have it is when you have a heart attack. And half the time that you have a heart attack, people die. And uh, so, and Solti is designed to improve your entire cardiovascular system, but our science is on lowering cholesterol. And, uh, and I've been taking Solti, uh, the active ingredient in Solti, for 18 years, 
And 18 years ago, my bad cholesterol was 130, which is moderately high. It's not terrible. Uh, but then uh, with Solti, the ing active ingredient, it dropped to 89. It's been under 90 ever since. I'm 74 years old. I, my cholesterol's in great shape. My blood pressure's in great shape. And I take zero prescription drugs. And I think Solti is a big contributing factor. So once again, the way to get Solti is to go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com and use the code warroom at checkout and you'll get 50% off or $29.95 off your initial shipment. And then every shipment after that in your subscription, you'll get three bottles for the price of two and we pay the shipping. And so it's a wonderful bargain and it's a great way to take care of your heart and to take care of your cardiovascular system. Krom, thank you very much. Honored to have you on here. Honored to be uh, to have you as a sponsor and to use Salty. It's a great product. Thank you very much. Steve, thanks so much. Thank you. You need a good night's sleep. You need the heart of a lion. Okay, the next hour, I'm going to do what I did yesterday. You're just going to have little old me. And I'm going to break down uh, the important news of the day. The political news, but particularly Powell's uh, testimony in front of the Senate, what it means for you, what it means for the economy. Uh, what it means for our debt ceiling negotiation. Also, the Chinese Communist Party's on a roll up in your grill as the uh, toxins of war sound on the path of war. All next in the world.